What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Tough calls in week 14. Your questions at fantasyfootballcbsi.com and Apple Podcast Review. The Fantasy Cops are back, and we've got a game to recap, a Tuesday night game to recap. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's the Wednesday edition of Fantasy Football Today. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Heath Cummings. Heath is back. We missed you on Sunday. Heath, how you feeling? I'm feeling much better. I appreciate it. I just, uh, you know, the playoffs coming up this this week didn't mean much to me. So I, I was able to rest up and get ready for the playoffs <laughs> and, and I'll be a full go in practice this week. Good, good. Uh, Dave, good morning. What's so good about it? You know, Lamar Jackson, uh, we, what a great night that was. Zeke looked great. Yeah, Dobbins scored. Who, who cares? What are, you talking, what's so upset, what are you so upset about? 15 leagues, Adam. I sunk my heart and soul into 15 leagues this year. Put my best foot forward in. Well, I didn't put my best foot forward in all 15 of them, but I'm in the playoffs in just six of 15 leagues. The silver lining is that most of the leagues that I played in that were important. And if you have a cash register sound, you can make that noise right now. Those are the ones I made the playoffs in plus the fishbowl. So, I, I maybe I should be happy because I've got the chance to you know win a lot of important dollars. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, uh, I I still would have liked a higher percentage. I had a lot of seven and six and six and seven teams, man. Me too. It kind of kind of stinks there. to play until the end, and then you, you miss it by oh, you finished seventh. Oh, you finished eighth. You don't make the cut, and then you you know kick televisions and yell at children. Well, congratulations to both of you for advancing in the uh, in the wild card round of yep. the Scott Fishbowl. Adam by a, a point and a, a point half. half. Yeah, yeah. Marquise Brown. Yes, needed it all. Standing work. Uh, yeah, no, and, I, I uh, was very, I, you very know, happy I think about that. Almost every single CBS personality advanced. Jamie and Chris and I all had buys. I believe Chris Trapasso did too. Um, our former friend Ben Gretsch. Uh, had a buy, still has CBS by his name and fishbowl, so we're gonna claim him. 
Uh, I think Will Brinson finished 1,440th out of 1,444 teams. I'm not sure left. Will Brinson set any um, lineups this year. I, I, that's my theory. Because like, I'm oh, that's sad. If looking at not all, not in every league, but I think he just kind of stopped setting lineups. I think he almost cost me a playoff spot in the FFT league by starting Will Fuller against Adam. <laughs> um, thankfully, Adam had Clyde Edwards-Helaire and Kyle Rudolph, and so I still made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And he almost caught the funniest thing. He started Ryan Fitzpatrick in our YOLO dynasty league. Dave, Mm -hmm. that league was named the YOLO dynasty league after for Nick Costos, who wanted us to start the league. Nick lost to Will Brinson and lost his playoff spot when Will didn't start a quarterback. (laughs) Wait a minute. So, so Will beat him without a quarterback. Will beat him and advance to the play, next round of the playoffs. I believe you're I playing play him in this yes. week. And I, maybe, I want revenge. He was my lineup. last loss in that league. Dude, I, yeah, for for so. as unhappy as I am about my poor percentage of making the playoffs this year, I'm so happy I made the playoffs in that dynasty league because I thought I was rebuilding for another year, and it turned out that my all, all the moves I made were good and worth it. And, well, and I don't think my percentage was... I think I made it an 8 of 17 or something. It sucked as well. Yeah. So... And I did the opposite of you. My best teams, I think the Scott Fishbowl and the Fantasy Telethon League are the leagues where I'm playing for pride. Mm-hmm. Okay, it. well, that's what I just want to wrap it up by telling everybody who Will Brinson started in the two-quarterback league this week. He did start Sam Darnold. He also started Teddy Bridgewater, who was on a bye. Rex Burkhead, who's on IR. <laughs> Mick Chubb, C.D. Lamb, Kenny Galladay, Odell Beckham, Mo Cox, Anthony Miller, and the Cowboys DST. So that was a good call on the Cowboys DST. Dave's team in that league was so good. and He, he missed the playoffs. He was the seventh seed. Uh, he has Lamar Jackson. He's got Taysom Hill in his lineup right now. Uh, At one point, Aaron I Jones. traded TJ Hawkinson for Taysom Hill in a desperation move before Drew Brees was hurt. Yeah, you have Travis Kelsey, you have Lockett, I mean, Stefan Diggs. I'm sorry, you have Deontay, uh, you have, I have David so Johnson. so many teams that are like this. I'm sorry you didn't make the playoffs because you drafted a hell of a team. And Yeah, uh, that that's sucks. not the only league. There, There's two other leagues where I've just got heartbreaking stories to tell. All right. I, you, uh, well, I, I need to tell my heartbreaking story. Okay, I okay, had a okay, team with keepers of Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas, and Chris Godwin. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> Those were my four keepers. <laughs> It is my longest running league with all my friends from high school. There are no other fantasy football experts in that league. And I went five and eight and missed the playoffs with Zeke, Dalvin Cook, Chris Godwin, and Michael Thomas. And I had Justin Herbert. Sorry. No, that's that stinks. I've been doing a lot of reflecting because I just thought about my draft strategies and I really feel comfortable with what I did. You know, I had four teams with Barkley and, and McCaffrey. That didn't help. Um, well, you had both those guys on the teams. Yeah. Those were great two, drafts. Two Barkley yeah. teams, two McCaffrey teams. But what did I say? I mean, my draft strategy was running backs, typically two running backs in the first two rounds, then pound wide receiver rounds three through five, three through six, and then grab Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson. But those were the two. Yep. Or and I feel like it. You know, I was kind of weak at tight end, but so were ten other teams in my league. Uh, so I feel like my strategies were pretty good. Just a little bit of bad luck. A lot of six and seven. A lot of seven and six. Um, right in that range, and but that's going to be still, a lot of people. Yeah. like that's going to be the majority of people. The, the leagues were this, the redraft leagues where I had a great year and coasted the playoffs. I was either loaded at running back or I had James Robinson. It felt like it was one of those two things where just I hammered running back like I always do in the draft, and I hit, 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 
and or James Robinson was on my team because I took him with a late pick or I picked him up off the waiver wire. There's one more thing that I want to add. Shraggy B posted um, something on social about name your biggest draft day regret, something like that. And just loads and loads of people, or maybe it wasn't draft day, biggest regret from the season. I'm sorry. Loads of people saying, oh, I dropped Justin Jefferson too early or I cut James Robinson. There were people that actually did that. Um, I I think one of the things that we have to learn (laughs) moving into 2021 is everybody you draft, you've got to give at least three weeks to. Got to be a little bit more patient with these guys so that you don't drop Justin Jefferson before Justin Jefferson becomes a thing. And hopefully there's a regular training camp and a regular preseason next year so we can evaluate these guys a little bit better rather than going off of film and press clippings, stuff like that. We we need a little bit more work done, and hopefully the preseason will give us that in 2021. I think it was a big surprise that the rookie wide receivers did this well, considering the circumstances and not having a preseason, all that. And the fact that rookie wide receivers typically don't do this well. This has been an unbelievable rookie wide receiver class, and I hope he had some. Like the arg- You can make a pretty good argument the rookie wide receivers were better, better than the rookie running backs. I think it's true? absolutely true. I think, I think the last I mean, four James weeks, Robinson is the best rookie, but yeah. besides that... The last four weeks might change that because you're getting a little hopeful for Jonathan Taylor. You're getting a little hopeful for J.K. Dobbins. We'll talk about that right now. This The running back split Oof. wasn't great there. DeAndre Swift, if he can come back, maybe he can take off. Cam Akers, it's, maybe it's going to be you know better late than never, but definitely the rookie wide receivers have paid off more than the running backs. Okay, Baltimore 34, Dallas 17. We're also going to preview Thursday Night Football. Uh, like I said, we got those tough calls in the Fantasy Cops. So let's get going here. Baltimore 34, Dallas 17. All right, are we feeling like like Zeke is back? Like Lamar Jackson is back? Like J.K. Dobbins is becoming a must-start? That one's going to be a tougher sell. Um, Cooper, you know, you can't really sit him. He found a way. He got that late touchdown, but he had nine targets. So, yeah, Dave, let's start with the Cowboys. Is Zeke back? Do you have full confidence in him now uh, at Cincinnati? Beautiful matchup. I would absolutely start him this week against Cincinnati because it's Cincinnati. But when the matchups get tougher for him, I I will be nervous again. I thought he looked great, and I thought the offensive line at times blocking for him did a very good job against a very good Ravens defense. Yeah. So using him as a number two running back, I think that's the happy medium right now. And uh, four catches is also exciting. I hope that that keeps up with Dalton under center. All right. J.K. Dobbins, Heath. Did he do enough to gain your confidence here? 11 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Mark Ingram had six carries. Gus Edwards had seven carries. Edwards had a great game, 101 yards. So that's 11 carries for Dobbins and 13 for the other two. Not great. Yeah, I mean, it has nothing to do with J.K. Dobbins. As has been the case all season long, J.K. Dobbins is flipping amazing and arguably the most efficient running back in football, and some of that has to do with Lamar Jackson. But the fact that Lamar Jackson had more carries than him, Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards combined for more carries than him. I will. I had J.K. Dobbins ranked higher when we released our rankings yesterday than I will when I update them today. This was a. It was a It's weird to say a guy averaged nearly seven yards per attempt, and it was a negative. But it was a negative. We had hopes. And there were indications before he went on the COVID list that he was taking over this backfield. Yes. That was not what we saw last night at all. Also, yes. Uh, He led them in playing time. He had 38% of the snaps. Gus had 33% of the snaps. Ingram had 20% of the snaps. I think if you started Dobbins, you got really lucky. 
and I hate it. I, I really thought that he would just pick up where he left off before he got ill, before he missed a game. I think he, uh, throwing out the game against the Steelers made sense, but that's not how the Ravens saw it. They went right back to their three-headed machine, and uh, it's going to be tougher to start him as a number one guy, but he's still going to make the cut as a number two guy. He had one carry in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. I he, I don't currently... I. I'm not sure he's going to be in my top 24. Like I have a league where I'm going to have to choose between he, him and Kareem Hunt. That's exactly where I was going and to ask you. the other one that we'll get to later in the week, I'm sure, Giovanni Bernard against this Cowboys defense. Well, I was thinking it might be Joe Mixon. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I don't know if I could start Gio over anyone. He's been so bad, but Mixon, Yeah, but this Dallas defense. Oh, they're is, the worst. I, I've got to pull them from my top 12 DSTs. They're, they, they, they can't be there. Uh, it's a good point. I mean, it's a great matchup, but... I, I, we're hoping Mixon's got a chance to play this week. So, yeah, that's in the tough call section. But uh, you want to talk about it right now? You're going to go with Dobbins at the Browns Monday night, or are you going to go with the starting running back for the Bengals against the Cowboys? I don't want to decide that right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Now I get it. Uh, and then last final questions here. CeeDee Lamb or Marquise Brown rest of season? I feel safer with Lamb and PPR. So if that's the format, I'll say him. Non-PPR, yeah. I will take my chances with Hollywood. Okay. I will take Lamb in both. Um, like He's been pretty consistently around a 20% target share with Andy Dalton, and Dalton's been pretty consistently 35 to 40 pass attempts. So I, I feel much more confident with Lamb. Uh, you're, did, you're saved by the catches with Lamb, though, because his his yards in five games with Dalton... It's been bad. Right, well, he's zero. just the short area guy. He's almost like a tight end. Yeah, I mean, he's he's less than 50 yards in four or five games with Andy Dalton. I'm, I'm Is he droppable? Let's say people are running waivers tonight. Is, is Lamb droppable? I mean, Marquise Brown was less than 50 yards last night and has one game over 50 yards since week six. I, I'm not making the... It's fine. Separate question here. I'm not disagreeing with you about Lamb over Brown. Right. You could you could ask the same question for both of these receivers. I'm yeah. not dropping Lamb after he just got nine targets when he faces the Bengals this week. Uh, yeah, you'd prefer to hang on him. There are other receivers that I can think of that we talked about on Tuesday's show that I would I would kick to the curb before CD. Right, I'm Lamb. dropping. I'm, I have a claim in in one league for Ty Johnson to drop CD Lamb. And I bet you're good at receiver elsewhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to start like, Debo over him. Here, and this is the question you have to ask yourself with anybody that you're thinking about dropping. What is the likelihood that you're going to start this player? And if that likelihood is low, you drop him. Right. Now, if you, you could also ask, well, what's the likelihood that someone else in my league could pick this player up? Whatever you think that answer is, it's not going to be as high as it was a week ago because half your league's been eliminated, assuming your playoffs that, are, are underway. Is that a non-PPR league, Adam? No, it's a PPR league. I just... I, look, I, just I, I, really, I just like you, he's not got that great good. receivers, right? And if you've got great receivers and you know you're never going to start CD Lamb, why are you carrying CD Lamb? Well, I'm just saying I would rather flex CD Lamb in full PPR than I would Ty Johnson this week. Yeah, I'm not starting either of them, but I'd rather have a little running back depth just in case. Exactly, that's what you want to have. Um, this point time of year, and uh, yeah, I mean, and by I, the I, way, I, look, Ty Johnson honestly, did might, not look terrible. I might reconsider because I don't know how long Frank Gore is going to be out. We, we have to see. Like, we'll see the practice report today. But I might reconsider it. Um, I'll, maybe I'll try to drop somebody else. But uh, okay, anyway, that's it for that game. Keep in mind for Marquise Brown, it's two games in a row with eight targets. That's really encouraging. Mark Andrews did miss both of those games. Willie Sneed did miss both of those games. So you don't know what the targets are going to be like going forward. Um, but it's two games in a row with a touchdown. Unfortunately, only 39 yards last night. But 
eight targets but is good. They were Lamar Jackson was excited to connect with him for that score. Oh, can we? Yeah, like, I'm sorry. I can't, tell that I can't move on without talking about Lamar Jackson, Dave. So we we have to. He was outstanding, but it was against good. Dallas. Right. I, I'd love it. Look, you're going to start him anyway this week against Cleveland off the strength of this game and what you know is potential. He's he's hitting his upside, uh, or he did hit his upside. If he can do it again against Cleveland, then I think you'll feel very confident starting him the rest of the way. Definitely a top 12 quarterback going into next week. I, I've this got him week. as a top 12 well, we quarterback for sure, but I I think there are situations like I I think I'd go back to Ryan Tannehill over him this week. And there's another hill that I'm willing to die in. Taysom Hill. Oh, <laughs> man, you're not letting anybody come back from injury. Well, can we get Drew Brees and Joe Mixon back this week, please? Heath? Bring them back. Let's find out what happens in practice. I'm today. So, uh, yeah, it's possible. I just I thought Sean Payton said there was no timetable for Drew Brees' return. Uh, yeah, well, Drew Brees trying to come back this week, but let's let's assume it's Taysom Hill for now. Okay. Um, yeah, only 17 pass attempts for Lamar Jackson. So yeah, but 13 rushes. Mm. Yeah, the great. It's just you just wonder how much the Cowboys boosted the perceived values of these players. Um, but yeah, my, Jacob Gibbs has a great stat on Lamar Jackson. You will hear that tomorrow. Uh, if you have any questions, you can ask us for our mailbag show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five star review and ask us your questions. We got that Saturday episode dedicated to your Apple Podcast questions and some of your emails. And Parlay Pick'em. It's a great, uh, great, fun contest on CBSSports.com. CBSSports.com slash parlay. Contest is open from Tuesday through Sunday. Pick your best five-team parlay against the spread. We're giving away 1000 guaranteed dollars every week. Odds are provided by William Hill Sportsbook. And again, go to CBSSports.com slash parlay. News and notes. Antonio Gibson's got a painful turf toe injury. May knock him out this week, according to Ian Rappaport. And they're at San Francisco, so... The funniest sounding serious injury in pro football. Turf toe? Turf toe. Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, who was doing that game? Daryl Johnson, I think. Mm-hmm. He was saying that it's that could affect him the rest of the season. He's, he yeah. diagnosed it turf toe, as turf toe immediately and said that could be really hinder Antonio Gibson. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to start for the Eagles. Where are you guys going to rank him? Top 24, but probably closer to 24 than anything else. There's a chance. There's a chance with him. He's uh, he's not a total train wreck of a quarterback. His mobility will help Philadelphia, uh, but he's he's a step down in accuracy from Carson Wentz, so there will be some off-target throws. His receivers were dropping passes. It was really Fulgham who was dropping passes when he came in last week against the Packers. I wish it was an easier matchup. I wish it wasn't New Orleans that he was going up against. If it was uh, you know, Cowboys, for example, I would be very, very bullish on Jalen Hurts in that situation. But given the tough matchup, it's a week to kind of watch Jalen Hurts and see what he does. Okay. Uh, Robert Spillane for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's going to miss some time. It's another linebacker they're losing. If you're looking at IDP leagues, Avery Williamson replaced him, and Mm -hmm. he had a pretty solid game. So that's a guy that could step up, get some tackles for you. Can we go back to Hurts for a second? Sure. If you're in a league that... I, I doubt he's out there in a two quarterback league, but if he is, obviously pick him up. Same thing in Superflex. And if he has a decent week against New Orleans, he's got Arizona and Dallas. Dallas in week 16. You could stash him and see what happens. And the other thing that I would mention about the Steelers' defense is they've lost Bud Dupree. He was one of their best pass rushers. Now they lost Robert Spillane. Joe Hayden could be hurt. That defense is starting to fall apart here toward the end. Yeah. And that's good news for Josh Allen, of course. Uh, yes. But James Conner and Mike Pouncey could be back this week, and they desperately need their running game to get going. So that would be good 
Uh, Cleveland right guard Wyatt Teller is on the reserve COVID list. That's big. Yep. Uh, He's Den- been great. Denver cornerback A.J. Boye is facing a PED suspension. They're already without Bryce Callahan, so they're going to be thin at corner. Uh, Chris Godwin had finger surgery. Heath, do we expect Chris Godwin to play at this point? Currently, we expect Chris Godwin to play. Hopefully. Okay. It, it was, was it finger surgery or was it just it, getting pins removed pins from his removed. fingers? It was, it was like sur- technically a surgical it procedure. It was a surgical procedure, Dave. He had surgery. It's surgery, yeah. It's okay. Like when you have your appendix removed, it's surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Taking something out of your body. That's right. You get like, you get like an earring removed, surgery. No. Right? You have a mole removed. Technically, those are procedures, right? AJ Green likely going to leave Cincinnati next season, according to the Athletic. And Larry Fitzgerald is off the reserve COVID list. And hey, maybe Larry Fitzgerald has just been uh, something we haven't talked about with Kyler Murray. You know, is he great? No, but is he reliable slot target? Yes, and uh, maybe that could help Kyler Murray this week at the Giants. Upcoming schedule alert: Hey, if you have Chris Godwin or Mike Evans or Antonio Brown, here is uh, where the the upcoming opponents for Tampa Bay rank against wide receivers. Minnesota is 30th. Atlanta is 29th. Detroit is 27th. And then in week 17, Atlanta again, they're 29th. So that's good stuff. Tough calls for week 14. Let's start with a couple of quarterbacks. Are they tough calls? Russell Wilson against the Jets and Kyler Murray at the Giants. Heath, are they tough calls? Uh, For me, at least, Russell Wilson is not a tough call. Ryan Tannehill really only, or Kyler Murray, really only a tough call if I also have Ryan Tannehill or Tom Brady on my roster. There's not anybody available on the waiver wire that I'm starting over, Kyler. But there is a possibility that you could have one of those two as a backup, and then you might start them. It's I. I suppose it's possible you picked up Justin Herbert and you've been juggling those two all year. You could possibly then it would be a tough call. You could have you could have Taysom Hill. You could have Taysom Hill. I would start Kyler over Taysom Hill, but that is somewhat of a tough call. I've got Taysom over Kyler. I'm nervous. He's a, he's a low end starter and he might fall out of my top twelve. I know it's crazy to say I'm nervous about him because he threw three touchdowns last week, but one of them was kind of fluky. Oh my gosh, he he got so and he's lucky not running as much. And this offense just has changed again, and it's not for the better. Well, yeah, he's not running. And then I want to talk about the matchup. I really didn't think that this was a tough matchup. You know, the Giants went into last week. They were our fourth, fifth best, something like that, against quarterbacks. But they had just played so many bad quarterbacks. And then they go, and they do a great job against Russell Wilson, who threw a ton of passes and scored 16 fantasy points. Um, they don't give up big plays. That's the thing about the Giants. They give up among the fewest big pass plays, fourth fewest pass plays of 20-plus yards, three run plays uh, this year of, what is it, of 20-plus yards? No, no. Third fewest run plays of 20-plus yards? I don't know, something like that. that. That's what they do. They don't give up big plays. So um, it's kind of a big play offense when Kyler Murray's right. Uh, is this a tough matchup? Is that part of the consideration here? Yes. It's definitely a tough matchup, and the the biggest play that they had last week was the deep touchdown to Dan Arnold, which was the fluke that I was kind of talking about. We don't really see them throwing 59 yards to to their tight end very often. We don't see them throwing their tight end often at all. And their next biggest play was Kenyon Drake had a run for 27 yards. The next biggest play, this is their third most explosive play last week against uh, the Rams, was Chase Edmonds up the middle for 13 yards. Wow. Kyler isn't throwing deep anymore. So those big explosive plays that the Giants aren't giving up, not a big deal because Kyler and the Cardinals aren't trying a lot of those explosive plays. This I think the more I think about it, the more I don't like Kyler. 
like an easy guy to get away from in DFS. And I would at least like to see what my other options are at quarterback before cementing him in my lineup. Yeah. Um, what about Philip Rivers? They're very close because Rivers has the the Raiders. The one thing that worries me about Rivers is that the Colts might be starting a third stringer at left tackle. Mm. And they lost their right tackle. So. Well, I, I, you're talking about LaRaven Clark? Yeah. Or was he Clark play, was, was he playing, playing left, left tackle. Uh, he moved over to left tackle? Okay. He moved over to left tackle when Costanzo got hurt. So, yes, there are some issues at well, both, both tackle both spots. Both of those guys are out, right? They're start, they're They're... We don't know for sure on Costanzo being out, but if he plays, he's definitely not going to be at 100%. He's got an MCL injury. All right, let's go back to Russell Wilson. Because, you know, last year, I don't know if you guys remember, he was the number one quarter. I'm pretty sure he was the number one quarterback through nine games. He had 22 touchdowns, one interception, 9.9 yards per attempt, 68% completion rate. His last seven games really faded. Nine touchdowns in seven games, four interceptions, 63% completion rate, and his yards per attempt went down from 9.9 in his first nine games to 7.2 in his last seven games, and it coincided with Tyler Lockett getting hurt. Didn't miss any time, but he got hurt, and Lockett didn't really do much down the stretch. And guess who hasn't really done much for a while now? I mean, Wilson's been great in some of these bad Lockett games or disappointing Lockett games, but um, the Jets are horrible. They give up the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They get torched by every great quarterback they face, and they face a lot of them. But Wilson, again, it's not just like he's throwing less. His stats are worse. His interceptions have been up. His yards per attempt, his completion rate, they're lower than they were uh, in the last four games when he started to struggle. I think there are a lot of tough decisions this week. I don't actually believe anyone sitting Russell Wilson against the Jets. Like you can give me all the numbers about what he did in the second half last year, what he's done in the last month. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is playing the Jets. <laughs> Who just fired their defensive and, coordinator. And you're in a win or go home week 14. Yeah. Like I just I no one, I don't think anyone in the universe, even the world's biggest Jets fan, who in the world could that be? Um, is sitting Russell Wilson in the first week of the fantasy playoffs against the Jets. Yeah. It's the Jets. No, the world's biggest Jets fan would definitely start everyone against the Jets and hope for huge success. Uh, Okay, fine. So we'll move on from Russell Wilson. Um, How about Kenyon Drake? Now, weeks ago, I thought, uh uh-oh, that's a bad playoff matchup. Giants good against the run. He doesn't catch the ball. But he's been more involved in the passing game. And he's on fire, and he's scoring the touchdowns that Kyler Murray has. And Kyler Murray doesn't have a rushing touchdown in his last three or four games, and Kenyon Drake has uh, four rushing touchdowns in his last three games. So, um, yeah, look, as much as I want to praise the Giants, they're not the Bucs, they're not the Saints. That, you know, they're giving up 4.24 yards per carry. Um, they stink. They have given up the most receiving yards per game to running backs. Uh, so, yeah, what do you think? Is, is Kenyon Drake a tough call for you guys? I'm starting him. Number two running back. Not a tough call. He's been the lead guy for Arizona now for several weeks. The production has been there. The Giants have allowed four touchdowns to running backs over their last four games. I believe they're over four yards per carry to running backs in that span. And uh, he, where, where the offense is struggling in Arizona, throwing the ball, they're doing better running the ball. And Drake is doing a good job of getting targets and making use of them. Like he's faced the Rams, the Patriots, and the Seahawks the last three weeks and has been a good fantasy starter all three weeks. Yeah. 
He's scoring. I mean, that's the key, and that's what's killing Kyler Murray, and it's helping Kenyon Drake. Uh, okay, so how about Ezekiel Elliott against the Bengals or Kenyon Drake at the Giants? Zeke. That was cool. Uh, how about Kenyon Drake or Raheem Mostert against Washington? Drake. I yeah, think I, I'm going to end up being on Drake there. I have very like that. I guess is kind of a tough call as Raheem Mostert, but yeah. he is yes, he's probably not going to end up being in my top twenty four running backs. He's right on the edge right now, but they like the past two weeks they've really gone back to a fifty fifty situation. Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson or whoever else they decided to give the ball to that week. It's back to Kyle Shanahan's running back spin the wheel before the game starts and see who's going to get the touches. Well, I think it's a little bit better than that because it's not four guys splitting a bunch of different ways. And Jarek McKinnon seems to be on the outs when it comes to getting the football in his hands. So he's just splitting with Jeff Wilson. But I, I like that Drake is getting catches. That gives him more opportunities. That's something that we're not really expecting with Mostert. Okay. And it's a tougher matchup for Mostert. Last one. Last one before we move on here is Kenyon Drake in PPR or JD McKissick, assuming Antonio Gibson is out. Kissing. <laughs> Get it? Oh, oh, you're kissing. Oh, I love it. I would love it. Okay. Um, all right. We'll move on. NSFW we'll talk about some more players. After we talk about Butcher Box, not a tough call, people. This is the most delicious meat. It is so damn good. And, you know, there's a lot more about Butcher Box that you're going to really like. But let me give you the offer first. You can get bacon for life. Bacon what? for life. Even I would be interested in that because bacon is absolutely delicious. Bacon for life. You want that, Dave? Yes. Bacon for yes, life. Yes, please. Butcherbox.com slash FFT. A package of free bacon in every box for the life of your subscription. When you go to butcherbox.com slash FFT. There have been some great promotions, but Bacon for Life is basically the coolest thing I have said in 11 years of hosting this podcast. And when it comes to meat, Quality matters. There's more to it than texture and taste. You're talking about humanely raised meat. That is important, okay? It's, it's, it's just, it's important for the environment and it's important for these animals and it's important for what you're going to eat. Um, what I've gotten, when I've gotten Butcher Box, I think, look, everybody loves red meat and bacon and all that stuff, but I'm just going to tell you that the chicken was the best chicken I've had. Um, the best chicken I've ever bought. Okay, maybe I've gone to some restaurant. They've made some amazing, I don't remember. But in terms of the chicken, I buy, I buy chicken a lot of it every week. I've never had chicken better than what I got from ButcherBox. You can't find this kind of stuff in the grocery store. 100% grass-fed finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, wild-caught salmon. You cannot find this. And when you do find it, it's expensive. But ButcherBox does not make it expensive. It's very affordable. Go to butcherbox.com FFT. You can customize the, your box that you get, or you can just go with one of their options. But it's really great. It's one less trip to the grocery store. It's a better, more affordable selection. And it's a ton of food. That's the other thing. No no antibiotics, no added hormones, 9 to 11 pounds of meat. That's enough for 24 individual meals in every box that you get. And it's shipped frozen and vacuum sealed all the way to your front door. Uh, you're just going to absolutely love it. It's a no-brainer. The best meat shipped right to your door. Stop going to the grocery store. Start getting ButcherBox. ButcherBox.com slash FFT. Free bacon, baby. All right. Um, are these guys tough calls? Cooper Cup against the Patriots. Devontae Parker against the Chiefs. 
Parker isn't a tough call. I think if two is starting, I know that I can't feel great about using him. Cup is a tougher call. But the upside that he carries, especially in PPR leagues, makes him pretty much a guy you're going to start anyway. I think they're both tough calls. I've got them both right around 24 at wide receiver. Um, Like they... really struggle with them and someone like Jarvis Landry um, or Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. And the Patriots defense just seems to be getting better and better. We're going to preview that game in a little bit, so I'll leave cup for then. Um, then the Chiefs give up the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, and we're not really sure how. <laughs> um, I feel like good receivers usually do pretty well against the Chiefs. Teams don't throw to their wide receivers very much against the Chiefs. Who do they throw to? Um, You know, I wonder, and I'm going to look this up, if teams just don't run as many. Like we talked about that with the Patriots and Justin Herbert last week, and we saw that really uh, impact the Chargers offensively. I wonder if teams just don't run as many plays or don't. I mean, we Jamie's talked about it. The Chiefs would really like for you to just run the ball against them because if you're going to go four yards a pop against Patrick Mahomes, you're going to lose. Yeah. Um, they don't give up big plays. That's one thing I know. Spags is good at that. They, unless they're playing the Raiders, they do not give up big plays in the past. They are game. like, they're not all the way down at third, but they are in the bottom half of the league in pass attempts against, which makes no sense right. since they've usually got a two score lead. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's going to do, I, I can wrap it up there with the, uh, with the tough calls. Would you guys start um, JK Dobbins over Cooper cup and, and Devante Parker? Uh, and let's go, let's say it's a PPR league. No, I'm probably going to go cup Dobbins Parker. I think I would go Parker Cup Dobbins. Wow, you're really into Devontae. No. <laughs> you're just nervous about Dobbins. I'm very nervous about Dobbins. Parker's production with Tua has been pretty uninspiring, but he does look for him in the end zone. That's the that's the good thing. It just doesn't always complete it to him in the end zone, but the yards have been very low. Um, all right. New England at the Rams. Let's get to this one and we'll get to nah, fantasy. Nah, 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 nah. So I hit a symbol there. I, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, stat of the game. This Man. is for Damian Harris. A running back has scored a rushing touchdown against the Rams in five straight games. That's pretty good. But why did you say for this Cam is Newton. for Damian Harris? Sony Michelle, James White. <laughs> yeah. No, it might be for Cam. Jacob Newton. Johnson. Um. All five of those running backs scored seven to ten non PPR points, no more than twelve PPR points. So yes, they're giving up touchdowns. Jacob Gibbs laid it out pretty well with his stat. They're not the Rams are not great as a short yardage defense. They're pretty great at seems like everything else right now. So um I guess my question is, are you starting any Patriots? <laughs> Long way of saying it. Are you starting any Patriots? Not with a lot of confidence. No. Damian Harris is right for me in that Cam Akers, um, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Miles Sanders category of running backs that I'd really rather not, but I might have to. And the total here is pretty low, 44.5. The Rams are five-point favorites, which is not good for Damian Harris. He's been a very good running back. Um, is he? He's like a number three running back this week? That's where I'd put him. Yeah. Okay. 
What ha- high what about- end, like a good flex in non PPR. Okay, so Kareem Hunt or Damian Harris? Hunt. Um, Hunt. How about? I feel like you can pencil Harrison for like seven or eight non PPR points. How about but a we- struggling Chase Claypool or Damian Harris? Claypool has more upside. I would start Harris in non PPR and Claypool in full PPR. All right, Cam Newton or Jared Goff, who's a better option in this game? Neither of them of are in guys? my top eighteen. <laughs> so none of them right, are but, in my top twenty. I've got Mike Glennon ranked ahead of both of them. All right, well that's bad, but um, <laughs> Go- like the Goff throws for a ton of yards. Every he's sixth in the NFL in yards, and he's I think 18th in touchdown passes. He's got a really low touchdown rate again. It, um, yeah. I, can I share the stat that I sent you yesterday, Adam? I'll let Heath make his point, and then yes. Okay. Uh, I think the Patriots' defense is good, and Goff threw for like 198 yards against the 49ers last week, two weeks ago. Yeah, but he um, right, but he's thrown for 300. He's thrown for 300 or more yards in four of his last five games. That, yeah, that's that, that's true. Um, but when he's played good defenses with bad offenses, like the 49ers twice or the Bears or the Giants, he's been a 200-yard quarterback. Okay. We won't start him then. Go ahead, Dave. Well, you and I were have been on a journey to try and crack the code on Jared Goff all year. First, you more so than me, but I joined you as recently as yesterday. Oh, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, this journey sucks. Yeah, there's no code. <laughs> yeah, well, we found a couple of things. The, the road home splits obviously favor him on the road. He's got multiple touchdowns in six of seven road games this year. I always hate using I don't buy home it. versus road. I don't buy it. Because he used yeah, to be okay. so much better at home, you know? So it's, I just think it's a fluke. And I noticed that he tends to have better fantasy numbers in games where his running backs also have at least one running back has double digit fantasy points. There's been six games where he's had 20 plus fantasy points. A running back has had 10 plus in five of the six. So maybe he needs that run game to collect some numbers to help him um, do better. Maybe that means that the defense is, is veering against both the run and the pass against the Rams. And it makes it easier for golf to connect. But the thing that I noticed, and, and I went back in our true media database that we've got this year man versus zone he's great against zone coverage 74 percent, 8.2 yards per attempt a quarterback rating of 96.6 and against man coverage 57.3 completion rate 6.4 yards per attempt a quarterback rating of 73.1 he actually has the same touchdown to interception ratio of one to one against man and zone but he's clearly not as good of a yeah. passer against man than zone well, and i would good, bet your bottom dollar <laughs> that's that good. the patriots would be using man a lot more than zone. They already play man the fifth most of any team in the NFL. But here, here is the the cherry on top. The Patriots have allowed eleven fantasy points to Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert combined yeah. the last two weeks. All right, how the waste, hell can I, you trust Jared Goff? I won't waste time with Jared Goff. Then let's. But he's bad against man coverage. The Patriots play a lot of it. So what does that mean for Woods and Cup? And we've talked about Cup. Right, Palma, that's, what, number two, where, that's where you have to go with it. Is is what does it mean for those two? What does it mean for Woods? Woods uh, plays better versus zone, a lot better. Catch rate is 23% higher versus zone than man. Are you going to actually sit him? Because he's been highly, heavily targeted. And yeah. 
I can't look at him as anything more than a low-end number two receiver, especially in non-PPR. And the same thing for Cooper Cup in non-PPR. Although his catch rate is only 9% different. I would start Woods over Cup. Woods has three straight games with 11 or more targets, seven or more catches, and 80 or more yards. You just don't know how many times they're going to throw in this game, as Heath laid it out. Patriots do a great job of slowing you down, limiting your plays. Um, and then they're, all right, so who's the best flex? Cam Akers, Robert Woods, or Cooper Cup? Woods. Cup and PPR. I think I'll probably end up taking Cup and none as well. How do we feel about Cam Akers? Good, not great. I, I I don't believe that he is guaranteed to still have this type of workload. You know, he had a ton of touches last week. I think it was 22. I don't know if he's definitely going to get that again. Daryl Henderson missed a quarter and a half with an injury, came back in and then had an excellent looking run. It was well blocked for a touchdown. Um, I imagine he's still going to get some run. I imagine that Malcolm Brown will still take on third downs. The nice thing about Cam Akers is that he's clearly their guy inside the 10. He had nine touches inside the 10 last week. He scored on one of them. He's had three games um, this season with more than 10 carries. He's not averaged four yards per carry in any of those games. And he does not have a game with more than one target. So you're facing a Patriots run defense that's giving up like 3.5 yards per carry lately. You've got a running back that in games where he has high usage, he averages about 3.5 yards per carry and does not have any involvement in the passing game. Mm-hmm. That's a, that seems like a bad combination. <laughs> you got to hope he scores again. Yeah, I know. It's just like someone's got to do well for that. Are they just going to have a really bad game? They could. I mean, they could have a really bad game. The Patriots have been that good lately defensively. Um, a month ago, this would look like a great matchup for Cam Akers. But last five game, last four games, I think it's. I think you had it right. I think it's three point five yards per carry. Yep. Allowed. That's um, over their last five. Over the over the last five. All right. Um, so Cam, who's the best running back in this game? I'll probably still say Akers. I think he's got the most upside, but it's not a lot. It's upside for maybe sixty yards and a touch. I've got yeah, acres just just barely. If, it's basically a coin flip. If we know on Thursday Frank Gore's not practicing, he's doubtful. He's probably not going to play. Would you start Ty Johnson, Ty Johnson over Cam Akers and Damian Harris? Yes, you would start Ty Johnson. Okay, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. I don't think I'll get there with Acres. All right, and I think that's it for this game. No tight ends in this game, right? No, no, none that I'd feel confident in starting. Feel good about the DSTs. I think you're going to have to end up starting the Rams. It's not like the Patriots offense is a dynamo. Patriots DST probably will end up being close to my top 12. Let's call them a low-end starter. They're they're both right around 12 for me. I have the Rams currently higher, um, but they're right around 12. Going to start them over the Cowboys? Rams, yes. I'm going to start them over the Cowboys. Uh, How about the Panthers against Denver? Um, Both of them. I mean, the Rams Rams might have the best defense in football, and the Patriots... Either them or the Saints. Cam Newton's turnover prone. I, I don't know. I mean, I... I wouldn't even think about sitting them. I don't, like, who would you have to have to sit them? None, nobody that's available on waivers. I think that's the point I'm trying to make. There's not a waiver DST. Well, that's what I was just looking at. Um, 
the Rams have actually been a better matchup for opposing DSTs than the Patriots this year. You mean the Patriots are scoring more points than the Rams? No, I mean DSTs are scoring more against the Rams than they are against the Patriots. But it's so recent. Like, I wonder if that's so right. I wonder if that's lately. weighted on the last two weeks. But that's what matters. That's what counts right now. They're just playing tremendously. They weren't a great. They were not a great defense earlier this year. That they've. I'm not saying together. that the pay, you're not you're not um, opposing defenses are scoring more fantasy. Oh, points you're saying against Jared against Goff the Rams, than they right. are against. No, Cam right, Newton. right. But the but I think the Rams defense is a lot better than the Patriots. I don't know if I like. I'm not yes. saying that's wrong. I don't know currently with the way the Patriots playing if anybody's a lot better than them. I'm so interested. I, I think the Rams are better. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's a good point. Um, well, I can't. I am looking forward to this game. I can. I can handle a nice low scoring game. Good defense is playing. It's a Super Bowl rematch. Looking forward to seeing it. And it does not feel like we are getting any break from football. It's like every single night there is football. Uh, just about. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with it, but I don't want it to become a regular thing. And it won't. Um, but you don't want to oversaturate it. I mean, that was kind of an issue with Thursday Night Football for a while. Like, you don't want to oversaturate it. It's just weird. Like, we just ended week 13 yesterday and week 14 starts tomorrow. It's just strange. It's all, you know, it's just strange. All right. Um, you know what, guys? Let's hear from the Fantasy Cops. Let's do this. League Disputes from Nicholas. This is the first one. 10-team redraft PPR league going on eight years with some decent money involved. $100 buy-in. Woohoo! That, that was in parentheses. I don't think you were supposed to say that part out loud. You should have told me that. We had one manager. Now the real cops are going to visit Nicholas and say, hey, have you been reporting this income? The IRS wants to talk to you. We had one manager decide to bail on the league. He lost five straight and was so frustrated, he decided to cut some good players last week. DJ Chark, Ronald Jones, Zachary. It's not super egregious moves, but still. At first, he didn't even try to replace them. He had four empty empty bench spots. This caught the, caught the league's attention, and then he decided to replace them all with Bears players because he's a Bears fan. This didn't please the league, and we unanimously voted that the commissioner would undo this and add these players back on his roster. This was done, and this manager basically said, I don't care. I'm not playing next year. But due to a Week 13 miracle of a certain failing to put up almost record lows legitimately, he will now make the playoffs as the sixth seed. The league agreed not to lock his team, but there is now a debate whether we should allow him in the playoffs since he attempted to tank and refused to undo his actions when asked. His acts were intentional, but now there isn't much recourse. Any thoughts on a verdict for this? This is the problem. With um, a heavy-handed league approach when a player's um, not behaving well, he's in the playoffs. He's mostly in the playoffs because you guys didn't think it was fair that he dropped his players, which is fine. I'm not disagreeing with you. If you didn't want him to do that, that's fine. But you can't say, no, you can't drop your good players for Chicago Bears, Mr. Bears fan. You must keep these good players and then also say, oh, no, your good players won you games and put you in the playoffs. Now you're not allowed to. We're going to put the Bears back on your team. No, he's in the playoffs. If he wins the championship, you pay him the money and then you kick him out of the league. Dave, you is, could, is he I, in? I, I mostly agree. You could at least say to him, look, you made the playoffs. Are you interested in running the team for the rest of the year? We're not going to. We will make it clear that if you go on one of these 
you know, rages where you're going to drop guys because you're unhappy. He does not deserve to be in the playoffs. He cheated the league. He made a mockery of the league. He dropped his players. Well, he, no, he does deserve to be in the playoffs no, he do, because he does not he's deserve, earned it. He he's earned kicked. it based on the players that he drafted, the players who he started, and the points no, that he let, accumulated. Let Adam, let Adam finish. I want to see how he talks himself into a circle on this one. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's already starting. He should get booted out of the playoffs. I think it's disgraceful what he did. Basically, he, For sure. what he did was egregious and deserves like basically a suspension. You know, like you're suspended four games and you're not eligible for the playoffs, something like that. I just, you know, you can't suspend him, but I'm saying if it were real life, you would suspend him. So well, in this one, scenario, one you answer suspend I would him by accept making, by making him un- ineligible. I I would accept this answer if because my suggestion was to kick him out of the league at the end of the year. If you wanted to kick him out of the league right now, no, I think an important distinction is has he paid? Um, that's because if you kick him out of the league right now and don't let him participate in the playoffs, you are not getting that one hundred dollars. No chance. I, let's and say he, he paid. Yeah, he has every right not to pay. Um. Well, that would be no. He doesn't. That have wouldn't every be right. right. No. Yo, oh, yes, it would. If he's the sixth seed and you, you kicked never, him out and didn't give him a chance never, to win the ever, league, you never have the right to not pay. Okay, Dave. You are in the YOLO. Playoffs. I'm going to pay. Right. What if, if I if, told you, Dave, you don't get to be in the playoffs anymore? I don't like the way you did this thing. Well, you're, well, I you're out of the playoffs. I'd like to know what I did wrong. Are you it dropped doesn't, doesn't doesn't it does not matter. You Why? I didn't do anything because I have no right illegal. to tell you that you have no chance to play for the for the prize. And if you have no chance to play for the prize, then you have no reason to pay. But I also didn't do anything to cause you to react that way. I didn't drop my players. I didn't do anything egregious. I didn't. Um, uh, you can't hurt. tell him. I, you can't, right, that's you that's can't. a separate subject. Let's wrap it up. What happens here? What happens part, here? But he doesn't have the right to not pay. People just don't. You don't do oh, that when you're in a you, fantasy league. If you take his team away from him, you do. All right, let's let's wrap no, it up. You guys say he should be in the playoffs and everybody just yeah, deals he, with his it. His team should be in the playoffs. I would offer him the chance to run the team. Any stupid crap that he does to put players on the waiver wire or whatever should be reversed immediately and then he's permanently banned after the season. I agree with the last part for sure. I would he agree if you wanted to just take him out of the league year. right now and um, set his lineup based on projections. And if he wins, donate the league money to charity. I'd be fine with that also. Oh, yeah. Or just keep the money and make a bigger prize pool next year. Jeez. That charity's he, nice. <laughs> <laughs> You could do a little bit of both, hey, Let's give right? it to charity. Let's keep some it for ourselves. Some bucks to St. Jude's and some bucks for the 2021 season. All right, this is from Cassidy. Oh, wait, I got to get the music. Sorry, Cassidy. Oh, yeah, Cassidy. The bylaws in my league state that all wins are forfeit until the league dues are paid. The number one team in my league has not paid up this year, despite three reminders. (laughs) So do I go ahead and change the standings based on our rules? It will rock my league and totally upset the competitive environment. What do I do? Thanks for your help, Fantasy Cops. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, You have bylaws for a reason, Mm. Cassidy. You should feel no remorse, but what I would do if I, and I don't have this rule in any of my leagues, I haven't collected entry fees for any of my leagues. I will collect some of them in January. Um, What I would do is I would send a private message to this fantasy manager and I would say the playoffs start on Thursday. Today is Wednesday. If you have not paid by Thursday, I have to take your wins away. It's right here in the bylaw, and you will not be in the playoffs. And if he doesn't pay by Thursday, he's not in the playoffs. And that this would be his fourth reminder? 
Yeah. Yeah. Very generous. I think that's, yeah. I agree. Good idea. I think I, I agree hundred percent with Heath. All right. Last one. Now this one here is a broad topic that we're getting a ton of questions about. So um, let's go ahead and read it and make a judgment. Eric from Queens. Dear Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, and Raphael. I like Raphael the best. Three teams in my keeper league are four and eight. We do reverse standings to set the draft order for next year. Worst team gets the number one pick, etc. And total points scored is the draft order tiebreaker. One of the four and eight teams intentionally set an illegal lineup in order to not tally any points this week and guarantee himself the number two pick in next year's draft instead of three or four. League members complained about league integrity, so I use commissioner powers to activate Miles Gaskin off his IR spot, and I played the Saints defense, which he intentionally benched, um, and then I gave him an active lineup. Was I right for activating Gaskins and playing the Saints D so his points would calculate for Week 13? Well done, Eric. You are the best fantasy football commissioner that I know of in New York. <laughs> I cannot dispute that. Um I okay. I wanted to, this. You did the right thing, Eric. I want to talk about this because a lot of people are saying, "Hey, we've got league members who are tanking on purpose. Um, is that okay? We've got league members who are losing as like the number three seed to make sure that this better team doesn't make the playoffs, or you know, they're you know they're trying to help the number six seed to keep the number seven seed out. Um, this obviously happened last week, and my take is, I don't love it, but as long as you have a legal lineup you basically can do whatever you want. Yep. Right? Is that how we feel? That's yep. how we feel. Yeah. Once you start going illegal lineup, not starting a defense and, you know, that kind of stuff, that's that's against the rules. But you want to you wanna bench Patrick Mahomes for your backup quarterback, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who didn't even start? I guess it's okay. It's your decision to make. But that's basically how we feel. If it's a legal lineup, you can do whatever the heck you want. You've earned that right, I guess. It's not cool, but it's okay. All and right, the commissioner should have the manager make an attempt at a legal lineup before making it legal himself or herself. All right, we got a little bit of a show left. You got your questions via email and Apple Podcasts. And if we have time, we'll talk dynasty quarterbacks, although I definitely wanted to get to that earlier in the show. Well, um, we can just do it right now. Well, we got to take a quick break. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll see. We'll figure out what we're talking about. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. Here we go from Aaron. 10-team, three-receiver PPR league with a flex, so I have to sit one of these guys. Who am I sitting? Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, Justin Jefferson, and Michael Thomas. Wow. Robinson, McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, Jefferson, Thomas. Thomas Jefferson. McLaurin. Yeah, that's how I was going to say. Yeah. Okay, McLaurin, Dave? I think I might... I had Johnson the lowest of the five. Some okay from Richard. I was up Not against. Not sure if I'd stick with that. I was Sorry. up against the commissioner of my league that needed less than three points from Zach Moss on Monday night. He got the three points early, but then Moss fumbled and was benched. He lost by two tenths of a point. I listen to the podcast all the time, and I'm in second place. Thanks for the great advice. I I, I just want to <laughs> say that there's at least a small chance 
um, we're getting a stat correction on that, right? Zach Moss never actually had the football. Right, could go to Allen. It was on the exchange. Usually that goes to the quarterback. It did go to Josh Allen. Oh! As of last night. We don't know where this person <laughs> plays his fantasy. That's true. Richard, you and might so not, you might, you might have to resend this email. Wow. All right, next email. Shine Dog from Washington. Hey, Sandler, Chappelle, Moyer, Ledger, and Stiller. That's, those are some random dudes, but that's good. Yeah, that's Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Uh, lineup. Oh, and, yeah, J- Jamie Moyer. <laughs> that's great. Twelve-team <laughs> uh, PPR. Start two running backs. PPR. Camara, Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake, J.K. Dobbins. Jones and Camara. Yeah. Two wide receivers. Cup, Lockett, Evans. Not Cup. Yep. And a flex. Drake, Ooh, Dobbins. Full PPR. Cup. I might go cup over Lockett and full PPR. Oh, come um, on, Lockett. Yeah, I'm flexing Drake. Wait, uh, okay. Oh, I can flex Lockett. You can flex Lockett, cup. yeah. Okay, so I'll start the three receivers with Kamara and Jones. And Heath, you'll go Lockett, Evans, Drake? Correct. From Chris in New Jersey. Dear Mike, Max, Dustin, Will, Lucas, and Steve. I love Steve. Steve's Stranger good. Things? Yeah, Stranger, Stranger things. things. Pick two wide receivers in PPR. Antonio Brown, DJ Shark. Shark, Shark, DJ Shark. Shark, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Ooh, wow! What a pile. Shark and Boyd. I was gonna say Brown and Higgins. <laughs> I feel like there's been a decent, decent Ryan Finley, Tyler Boyd connection. So if if Boyd, if if it is Finley, that might help you. Uh, pick a running back in PPR: Acres, Booker, Edmonds, Lindsey, Gore. Akers, Booker, Edmonds, Lindsey Gore. Oh, man. This is Stranger Things. I, I'm going back to Devontae Booker as long as Josh Jacobs is out over all of these guys. Okay. I, I can't. I'm going Cam Akers. From Joe, pick a tight end. Ebron, Goddard, or Ertz? Goddard. I'm going Goddard, though I'm nervous about it. He's Mark- less reliable with Hertz than with Wentz. I think Jalen Hurts his upside. Yes. Very good. Jay, but you could say Jalen Hurts has upside. complete Hertz is, has a 30% target share to tight end so far this season. Marvin Jones or Alan Lazard? Marv. Yes. DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, Zach Moss, Sony Michelle, or Adrian Peterson? Well, well who's who's available? <laughs> who's playing? Yeah, not not Sony Michelle or Zach Moss. Right. So if if Mixon and Swift are out, it's Peterson. If either one of those two play, you'll start either one of them over Peterson. And if both of them are there, I think it's got to be Swift over Mixon. They both have great matchups. Okay, Apple Podcast questions. From NY2KB24. Dear Tony, Tony, Tony. That's a, remember that song? I remember. No loot? Miles Gaskin or Corey Davis? I think I'm going to say Davis. Really, really would be helpful to know the format here. But uh, I would lean Davis in most formats. You know that song, Heath? No loot by Tony, Tony, Tony? Um, it's a good one. 
doubtful. Yeah, go ahead and listen to it. I think you'll like it. From, I bet I don't. I bet you do. From Beeville to DC. Now that I'm out of the playoffs, who should I be looking on? Uh, who should I be looking for on waivers to keep as a keeper for next year? Mm. Um, I, this is a good time to say that I don't think if you're not in the playoffs, if you're not in a true dynasty league, in a true dynasty league, everybody can keep adding players forever. If it's a keeper league, um. I would suggest that no one added during the fantasy playoffs can be kept. And also no one eliminated from the playoffs should be adding players. And do a double check to see if there are players who were on IR earlier in this year that are still available on the waiver wire. Cortland Sutton, for example, Odell Beckham. I'm sure, look, I'm sure that in a league like this, those guys are glued to bench spots anyway. I don't. I don't have a good. I'm locked into the regular season. I haven't started thinking about. I would like to know players. the contract situations for Cole Beasley and John Brown, because I believe Gabriel Davis could be very good next year. Um, but that's the only thing that comes to mind, and that's really more of a dynasty thing than a keeper thing. You know, I'm, I'm not sure you're like keeping Gabriel Davis with a last round pick or anything like that. Beasley has two more years on his deal. Is, it, is he cuttable, though? I mean, is he expensive? I don't know. No, I'm, they could cut him if they wanted to, but I would be stunned if they did that. John Brown also has two years left, and his deal is a little more flexible. Okay. They could potentially move on from a 30-year-old John Brown. All right. Uh, well, you know what, guys? Why don't, we, why don't we spend five minutes on Dynasty here? All right? Dynasty quarterback risers and fallers. You guys went with the rookies, which is not really what I was hoping for, but that's fine. Uh, I've got others besides should, the rookies. Should have given you some some guidelines there. Uh, you know what? Uh, okay, fine. Dave, Tua Tagovailoa is a riser for you in Dynasty. Sure, he he played. I actually thought he played good football in the second half last week. He's maybe starting to click a little bit. Not that I'm ready to start him in the fantasy playoffs, but. Maybe by the end of this year, we'll start seeing that guy that we saw at Alabama, and he could end up being a superstar in fantasy in 2021. How about I just give you, because Justin Herbert's obviously the biggest riser, and I stole him as quickly as possible. <laughs> um, he is go, He's a top 10 dynasty quarterback now, and he might even be a top five dynasty quarterback by the end of the season update. Um, Josh Allen is a riser. Mm-hmm. He has made enormous progress as a passer. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers, like do you think back to the beginning of the year and what the perception of Aaron Rodgers was at his age and the way he'd played over the last three years, he's a riser. Um, I think the likelihood that that's probably enough risers. Yeah. That's Is Tannehill good. a riser? He, yes, he is, but I, I mean, not like the other guys we're talking about, but about, right. Yeah. What about Paul riser? Oh, great comedic actor. He was in Stranger Things. I know. Yeah. He wasn't quite as funny there as no. he was. As, <laughs> you know. Well, the followers are more interesting. Dave said Lamar Jackson is a dynasty follower. Heath said Daniel Yeah, I Jones. said that in before the game last night, but I can still make the case for Lamar. Go ahead. Well, think about what we thought of him this time last year. One of the two best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in fantasy. Think about how we thought of him before the season started. 
one of the two best quarterbacks in fantasy, if not the best quarterback in fantasy. And before the game against the Cowboys, think about what we were thinking of him. Maybe not a top 10 quarterback in fantasy. And and for, for all the good that he did in that game against Dallas, he still missed some throws. And so I don't think in a dynasty league, we're thinking about him as this Who's definitely passed him? Mega piece. Who's definitely passed Lamar Jackson? Deshaun has definitely passed Lamar Jackson. <sighs> I would rather have Deshaun. And I, I, I might I feel still, that way depending on who they hire and who's on, who their receivers are next year. Like that's they fine. don't have. You can any say that. I think I think Josh Allen has passed him. And if I'm really thinking long term, I'm going to put Burrow ahead of him. What about Herbert? I don't know how I, you take. I'm, I don't know how you take Burrow over Herbert. <laughs> I because I think Burrow is just an outstanding player. I hope. Hopefully, this knee injury doesn't submarine his whole career. My but my dynasty ranking like still don't. includes some value for the playoffs this year because that's obviously the most important thing is the next three weeks. Um, but I don't even have a great deal of confidence that Joe Burrow is going to be one hundred percent in September. I'm um, thinking longer than September, though. Well, yes, but he's not yet shown us like I don't I would say the reason I asked that question is like I think two weeks ago I would have definitely said Kyler Murray's definitely passed Lamar Jackson. Um, but he's not really been that much like as he's not been a great passer. He just if he runs ten times a game, he's a top two quarterback. I think he's um, a lot I, I think Jackson I mean we saw it last night. He really does hmm. have some serious passing issues. He can overcome them, but Kyler does too. But I don't think they're as bad as Lamar's. Kyler is a yeah, they're yeah they right. They both have. I, I agree with that. I would agree with Josh that. Allen has serious passing issues, but he overcome. He's overcome some of them, and he mm-hmm. may continue to develop. Like I, I think the Deshaun Watson thing. The nice thing about him um, is that he's he's a better passer than any of these guys. We're yeah, he's about. so good. I, he's probably. The second, or I don't know, in terms of just a pure quarterback, who are the best pure quarterbacks? Mahomes, Wilson, Watson, Rodgers right now? Breeze is still playing that well. Those four, I would say. Yeah, he, Watson is so good. Um, all right, let, let's talk about this. The last three seasons, here are the quarterbacks, unless I'm forgetting any. Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and Tua. Don't you dare forget Gardner Minshew. Okay, Gardner Minshew. Um, <laughs> the Jaguars did. Who are your f- top four from the last three seasons? So it's like we're looking at Allen, Jackson, Kyler, Herbert, Burrow. Those are probably two. Uh, I know who my top four are. I'm not sure what the order is. Well, let's um, figure it out. It's Lamar, Kyler, Allen, and Herbert are my top four. And I would probably replace Herbert with Burrow and make that my top four. But I'm also just very, very bullish on Burrow. Okay. Um, what, what I think is like interesting, the rest of those guys, who's the best? Or do we have any faith at all that any of the rest of those guys I, are going to be fantasy I, starters? I have a lot of... In, I have faith in Tua. I mean, I don't know if I yes. have a lot, but I have a decent amount of faith in Tua. We, I certainly don't think you can count him out at this point. He's been fine. No. Um, do you have any faith in Locke, Daniel Jones, oh, Locke, Baker Mayfield, him. Baker yeah. and Baker and Jones still have a chance. You like them more than Drew Locke. Yes, I do for sure. I think Drew Locke could get replaced in March. 
Yeah, Locke it's so feels interesting. more like a bust. Because like we've we've seen ten games from Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. We we haven't seen anywhere close to a full season. Um, well, we've seen so much from Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Well, Mayfield hasn't been that bad. I mean, he was bad last year, but when he hasn't had Freddie Kitchens, he's been pretty solid. And Jones he was Jones great is, his rookie year. Yeah, and Jones is uh, the best rusher of the three by far. So there's that. Jones, like they're going to get him a wide receiver next year. It's going to help. The offensive line might actually end up being good. They could end up with one of the best old lines, right? They'll they'll add another piece to that unit too. The last four games I, of the season are big for him. I would argue Daniel Jones' pass catchers are better than Baker Mayfield has right now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Um, that's true. I, may, but no, you know what? It's not really a strength for either of them, in my opinion. I mean, they're both kind of hindered, I think, by their pass catchers. Well, compared to other quarterbacks, look, look yeah. at Justin Herbert's receivers. You would yeah. take those guys in a heartbeat over what they've got in Cleveland and New York. Right. But like the the best guy Drew Locke has this season has been Tim Patrick. Yeah, Sutton will make him better. Let's not forget that. Sutton Judy fan. They they could I don't know. It's just something. I would be more bullish on Locke if I was convinced that he would be their quarterback next year. And, and we've all got, these we, guys we, I, I don't know why we would think the Broncos might move away from Drew Locke, but the Giants wouldn't move away from no Daniel Jones. There is no way. Well, okay, because first of all, the Giants are not going to have a good enough draft pick. And they seem to really like Daniel Jones, and I think there's David Gettleman is not going to get fired uh, unless they really s- just like screw up the last four games of the year. They could. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of changes in Denver. I mean, they're just broken right now. I, the Giants, I think, like Daniel Jones a lot more than you do. I'm just going to say. Do Broncos that. and Giants have the same record? Um, well, what, but one of them's won four games in a row and is in first place. And you can see progress. This is how the Giants are looking at. It. I'm telling, like, just based on all the fans and the, they are seeing progress. Daniel Jones hasn't turned the ball over in three straight starts. Like, they like him. You don't like him. They do. Um, I think he's okay, but he, I think he has potential. You know, I don't really, I don't know if Locke does. I think Jones could really turn things around. Um, but I, don't, I mean, I don't love him. I'm not trying to be a homer here. But he still has potential. He makes some great, great throws. They like him a lot more than you do. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I think everybody likes I'm not him more saying, than and, you do. And like he was a top 12 dynasty quarterback for me coming into this year. But I yeah. expected he would improve as a passer, and he hasn't, statistically. He's been um, he's been bad. No question. Uh, so, and, and Drew Locke's played a little more than half a season, so I just don't know about him as much. Well, you're going to get... It seems like we decided on Drew Locke, and we're leaving things wide open for guys like Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones. Hosted by Adam Azer, brought get, to you by Butcher Box Bacon for Life. What are you saying? What's hosted by Adam Azer? Giants talk. That's absolutely not. I, we can't talk about Daniel Jones at a dynasty quarterback. That's I like smaller. how you're shoving this whole conversation in at the end of the God podcast. damn it. Goodbye. We're done now. Now I'm really angry. <laughs> now I feel like Clark Griswold. What is it? Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Kiss my ass. Goodbye, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow.